Well, good morning, church. My name's uh, Rich Holm. Uh, some of you may know me already, but I suspect uh, quite a few of you don't. I grew up here in Bishop Stortford, and uh, after returning from university, I joined the community church for a couple of years back in 2010. I then moved to London, uh, but for the last year or so, I've actually been back in Bishop Stortford, and uh, my pleasure to be back at the community church with you all. As many of you will be aware, we're currently going through a series on being empowered at work. And today I wanted to talk to you about the importance of inviting God into your work, into your labour, into your jobs, into the tasks you carry out day to day, and let him, letting him take his rightful place at the centre of them all. Let's begin by reading from one of the Psalms. It's Psalm 127, verses 1 to 2. Unless the Lord builds a house, those who build it labour in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It's in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Now, before I continue, it probably makes sense for me to give a bit of an overview of my own experience of work, specifically uh, the paid jobs I've had over the years. I've had various ones. I started off at Princess Alexandra Hospital down in Harlow. Uh, I've also had a job in retail at Stansted Airport. After university, I did a brief stint in IT before beginning a career in corporate communications uh, down in London, like I said. Uh, over um, about three years ago, however, I decided I wanted a complete change of career and so decided I would train as a commercial airline pilot. I did most of my training. Uh, but haven't quite finished yet as some medical problems came up which prevented me from completing the training. The good news is I'm back on track, so should be hopefully recommencing my training later this year in order to complete it. But enough about me. We all live in a world that wants to believe that through hard work we can achieve anything. Thanks to the improvements in our education, our career choices have been democratised. The idea is that anybody could and should choose a job that they love and that will fulfil them. All we need to do is work hard, study hard and know ourselves well enough to choose the satisfying job. Now, this may reflect reality or some of the reality for some of us. But for others, work is hard. Some may feel trapped in their jobs, in their, the work that they're doing day to day. And for others, our work is just a bit of a mixed bag. Whether we have a full-time paid job, a part-time paid job, a parent bringing up children, or have other unpaid commitments and responsibilities to other people, I suspect that most of us find our work sometimes being enjoyable and satisfying, sometimes being on a, quite honestly thankless and stressful, and often being just monotonous and uninteresting. But regardless of our situation, the way we approach our work as Christians needs to be shaped by who God is, what Jesus has done for us, and the restored relationship that we now enjoy with him. When Gareth kicked off this series, he spoke about how work is a gift from God, which, although warped and ruined by the fall, has now been redeemed and transformed by Jesus. James 1.17 tells us that God is the source of all good things. And so as we unwrap and discover the gifts that he gives to us, work included, 
God wants us to recognise that he is the generous giver of everything good that we have, work included. What's more, he's a good father, and when he gives us a gift, he wants us to enjoy it at his side. I remember when my parents used to give me gifts uh, for Christmas as a child. They absolutely loved me watching play, watching me unwrap and play with the gifts, um, and really kind of enjoying the gifts themselves. But what was even better was when I was able to play with and invite my parents in to the fun that I was having with that new gift that they'd given me. You see, gifts are an excellent way of developing relationship. They give us the opportunity to spend time with the giver. And it's the same with the gifts that God gives to us. So as we look through the lens of our relationship with God, there are three aspects of work I want to explore specifically. That God is sovereign in our work, that God is with us in our work, and that God is at work in our work. Let's look at sovereignty first. Earlier on, we read from Psalm 127, which talks about how no matter how hard we work, unless God is also working, we won't achieve anything of value. We can work all hours, we can apply all the experience in the world, we can abound with patience for our difficult colleagues. But unless God's actually supporting our work, our efforts with his own, the psalmist says that our work is in vain. It's useless. Of course, God does want us to work hard and apply ourselves, but it's him that gives us the gift of work. And we need to understand that he remains in control. Just because he's seen it fit for us to do a certain job or task, it doesn't mean that it's all on us now. He's still king of the universe, author of creation. And we need to understand and recognise that throughout everything, he remains in control. So, when things are going well at work, let's not fool ourselves into thinking our success is our own. Success at work instead gives us an opportunity to rejoice with God and thank him for what he's done, even in the small things. Equally, when things are not going well at work, you can simply do your best and recognise that while many things are beyond your control, nothing is beyond his control. You might feel responsibility for things that have gone wrong, or you might feel the pressure to sort out a messy situation, but ultimately, it's our loving, forgiving God who's sovereign and who keeps the world turning. I can think of times at work when things have gone horribly wrong. Projects that have become like runaway mine trains. I struggled to put the brakes on and I could totally see them just crashing in a ball of flames. Sometimes they did. Oftentimes they didn't. But regardless of the outcome and my fears of that outcome, I still had an incredible all-powerful God who was always in control. God's not just sovereign over everything, he's also present in everything. He's with us in our work and he wants us to invite him to be with us in every moment and in every task. In his letter to the Colossians, Paul challenges his readers to approach their work as though God is their real boss. And the great thing about having God as our boss he applies all the amazing aspects of his nature to how he manages us. He gets in and he shares the load with us, 
In Matthew's Gospel, for example, Jesus talks about how he gets in the yoke with us, the yoke being the wooden beam that oxen had across their necks to drag a plant through the field. So he's right there in all of our complex, messy and tiresome situations at work. And he's right there in the joyful ones too, sharing the load, leading the team. Jesus' management style is all about equipping us with what we need and helping us out. We know this from his character, the best example of which is how he took our sin upon himself and went through the most painful death to overcome sin and his curse. It's in his character to get involved in our lives, no matter how much it costs him. So when you're meeting people or you're alone trying to accomplish a task by yourself, when you're trying to get through something really tricky and complicated, or even when you're breezing through all of your to-do list. Talk to God, ask the Holy Spirit to fill you and be with you. Ask him to empower you. Invite God into your work because he wants to get involved. And finally, no matter what your work, through it, God will be at work in you. When we look at the purpose of God's gifts to us, we see that they're all about building his kingdom. Sometimes, when it comes to the gift of work we do, the job we do or the responsibilities that we take on day to day, they have a clear kingdom purpose. Bringing up children, for example, working, volunteering for a charity or church. There are many other examples. In fact, one of the really good things that's come out of the pandemic over the last half year or so is that we now recognise how many, many jobs that we may well not have thought of before are actually essential for society to work. People working in factories, supermarkets, you're all vital and we really couldn't cope without you. But whether or not you can see a kingdom purpose directly in the work you're producing, God often gives us gifts as part of his work to transform us as his sons and daughters. You see, in our work, we have many tasks to accomplish, and it's right that we work diligently to complete them. But actually, from God's perspective, success in those specific tasks, successful completion of those tasks, is not always what he's after. Instead, it's our transformation through doing those tasks that he really wants. And that means that both the good times and the hard times and everything in between, we go through it all to serve a bigger purpose. That is God's work in us or God's work on us. Let's take a look at the Gospel of Luke, of Luke and the story of how Jesus called his disciple Peter. Jesus saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word, I will let the nets down. And when they'd done this, 
they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signalled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them and they came and filled the boats so that they began to sink. Now in Matthew and Mark's Gospels, it then goes on to say that, uh, well, it says that um, Jesus calls Simon, who he would later uh, name Peter, and his brother Andrew, saying, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. Now, there's lots to learn from this passage, but there are just some interesting aspects relating to work that I wanted to draw out. God had clearly allowed uh, for Peter and Andrew a fruitless and hard night's work so that he could create this miraculous catch of fish because it allowed him to demonstrate his sovereignty and to grab their attention. What's more, their work, all those years' work as fishermen, had helped them pre uh, prepare to become another kind of fisher for the kingdom, fishers of men. You see, God used their career and their work, including the thankless and the difficult times, as part of his plan to help spread his kingdom. And it's the same for our work. God uses the challenges that we face, the successes that we experience, all as opportunities to help shape us into his likeness for his kingdom. I've definitely seen this in my own life, as like all of us, I've faced a variety of challenges in the various jobs I've held. Corporate communications, which I'm currently working in, uh, is essentially all about understanding people and ensuring that, the inf uh, that you take in information and communicate it to these people in the most effective way. And this is often meant, like in many jobs, dealing with tricky people, or as we like to call them in the corporate world, complex stakeholders. So my work with tricky people has taught me a lot of things. It's taught me patience, it's taught me tenacity, and perhaps most transformational for me personally, it's taught me that it's okay for a person to be annoyed at me because I've made a mistake or perhaps because my priorities in the workplace conflict with their own. Like I said, that's, that's been a massive, massive lesson for me personally and a really, really important one. Um, knowing that God's approval is sufficient for me and that I don't have to panic if someone's angry at me not only makes my life a lot easier, but it amplifies the goodness of God in my thinking and in my reactions there in the moment and in the days after. Another example from my own life are the recent obstacles I've faced to pursuing my career as a pilot. As my health began to obstruct my plans for the very first time in my life, it devastated me to think that I might not be able to pursue my dream of flying planes around the sky. So over the last year, when I've had these problems, I've really had it out with God. Um, I've really been very honest with him in my conversations about my feelings. And he's used this time to shine a light on areas of our relationship that he wanted to work on, parts of my thinking that hadn't been transformed, and expectations that I had of my life and of him as well. You see, never want to waste an opportunity. God saw how he could use this last year as an opportunity to shape me. 
And there's certainly a lot more work he can do to do on me. And I wouldn't be surprised if he continues to use my work and my career as a way to, as the tool to form me and make me more like him. You see, no job is wasted. God is at work in our work. So, in giving us the gift of work, God is also giving us an invitation. No matter what the nature of our work is, and whether we enjoy it or not, it gives us an opportunity to recognise God's sovereignty and act under it. To invite him into our daily lives and work alongside him, and to allow ourselves to be transformed by his Holy Spirit. Our God is amazingly generous. He doesn't waste anything, and he uses everything for the good of those that love him. I hope you can join me now as I pray for God to come and help us in our work. Lord, I thank you that in you we have a generous, grace-filled, sovereign God. A God who does not waste anything. I thank you that you've given us this amazing gift of work that not only helps us achieve stuff, but it gives us a way to be transformed by you through the crafting of your Holy Spirit. I thank you that through work, we are faced with a multitude of different situations that your Holy Spirit uses to transform us, to transform us to be like you and help make us fruitful for your kingdom. God, I want to pray for everybody who struggles with their work. I want to pray for people who really don't like their work or who really actually just find it really, really hard People with difficult colleagues, difficult tasks, pressure, stress. God, I provide you would solve those problems and provide relief. But God, also help us lift our eyes to you and see that you are at work. Help us get your perspective on everything. God, I want to pray that in work we would be consciously thinking, and giving to you, recognising that you are sovereign. God, I want to pray that we be engaging with your Holy Spirit and allowing you to come alongside us, but also that we would be open to being transformed by you. I thank you, you have an incredible plan for this world. And the great thing is you let us be a part of that. And that's why you want to transform us so much in your great love. God, I want to give this week to you. For those of us who are taking uh, some holiday, I pray that it is good rest. And for those of us who are back to work, I pray that you will be with us in the workplace. In your name, amen.